On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. I'm streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Tuesday, a special edition of Punters Postmortem. Whatever you're up to today, um, make sure you start your day with Sky Sports Radio here and we have uh, a winning one. We're going to recap a massive weekend of racing that uh, happened on Saturday. Of course, we had that uh, public holiday racing uh, yesterday there at uh, Warwick Farm, but uh, a massive day in both Sydney and in Melbourne, and I wonder how you went. Give us a call. 1353 is the open line number, or you can get involved with the text line, 0419 We've got uh, a meeting today in New South Wales, which we're going to discuss. I think we've got the one meeting, don't we, Westy? We've got uh, Goulburn today. We'll have a uh, chat with China a little bit later on, who will give us some tips. We've also got uh, a little bit later on Rockhampton, Menangle, Globe Derby, Goulburn Grays will all be coming up in the helping hand. But in the meantime, we need the scratchings with Leanne. Good morning to you, Westy. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, everyone. The weather at Goulburn is fine. The rail is at seven metres. Penetrometer reads 5.2 and the track is rated a soft six. There are 25 scratchings from race one, number 10, Hallowed Sun. Race two, number six, Midnight Oasis. From race three, number one, Hardcore and five, Mandalong Superb. That's one and five. To race four, take out three, Schooner the Better. Five, California August. Ten, Rebellious Miss. 11, La Valkyrie, and 12, Talladega Night, 3, 5, 10, 11, and 12. To race 5, scratch 7, Appetite for Risk, 14, Touchable Witness, 15, Spirit of Chanel, and 16, Malabar, 7, 14, 15, and 16. To race 6, number 7, Flying Cathay, 9, Laguna Seca, that's 7 and 9. From race 7, number 1, King Gutho, 7, Brazen Impact, 8 role play and 11 Iverson, 1, 5, 8 and 11. And race 8, number 1, You've Got to Be Joking, 14, Fenton, 15, Dorso, 16, Jimmy Manolo, 17, Maudville and 18, Cosmic Image. That is 1, 14, 15, 16, 17 and 18 out of the last at Goulburn Day. Fantastic. Thank you very much for that. Uh, we just saw a bit of news floating around on social media that there's been another new runner towards the Tab Everest and that is Giga Kick. Giga Kick has been uh, selected to run in the Everest. So Giga Kick, you'll find, will be in the James Harron slot. Uh, but that uh, is popping up on my Twitter feed as we speak. So uh, Giga Kick, it looks like, uh, will be up online. And there it is uh, on RaceNet as well with Ray Thomas. Uh, so uh, unbeaten beaten runner from Melbourne. And we might get a comment there from Dean Lester shortly. Ron Duffersey, though, uh, Glenn Munsey, and, and uh, of course, Dean Lester are our panel. We'll get to Duff firstly. Duff, uh, g'day to you, mate. I know the, the weather didn't play uh, ball last week but we still had some really good competitive racing, some great racing there on Saturday in Sydney. Oh, it was a fantastic meeting. Uh, uh, thrills all day. Um, some terrific racing. Um, looked the track played okay, um, but it was heavy. Um, there's no doubt about that. It was, it was um, pretty heavy, but uh, that's the norm um, for the year, unfortunately. And um, we might be headed that way again this week, looking at the forecast. Yeah. So, 
Um, I think we'll be, once we have a look, uh, we'll, I'm already looking at the noms and starting to do a bit of form and looking at wet track form already, to tell you the truth. Yeah, it looks like it'll actually be that way uh, pretty much along the whole eastern seaboard, not just in Sydney. It looks like the Melbourne forecast too is for rain, this uh, rain coming across from the west. I think uh, it's going to hit on Friday, Dino, in Melbourne. 10 to 15 mil there and another big weekend south of the border in Sydney. Yeah, good morning, Dave. Um, yeah, I think Wednesday and Friday are the, uh, the weather days that uh, it's supposed to cave in. So, um, yeah, we'll be on alert for that for Corfu Guineas Day. But uh, that was Turnbull Stakes Day was very good. And, uh, yeah, I had the uh, Giga Kick story. I was trying to keep it as an exclusive for Pundas Postmortem, but uh, racing it have beaten me to it. Ah, well, i tell you something, um, the, the news just gets out these days, but uh, that's exciting. Well, let's let's talk about Giga Kick because it is very relevant. We might even try and get James Harron on. Um, firstly, you're, you've seen the horse uh, multiple times, Dino. You've obviously got a lot of data on the horse. Do you think that it's a worthy Tab Everest contender and do you think it can make its presence felt? Uh, well, his figures would say he's the... Second best three-year-old uh, behind Jackano this season. So, uh, yeah, he's probably a worthy contender. And uh, what I I think his best wins have been around the, the turn. He's won down the straight twice. Uh, he's got to the front a bit soon, got a bit lost. He found a way to win on Saturday. But uh, I think uh, when he won at, at Caulfield, he really did produce a figure that uh, suggests that uh, I think the, the speed of the race, the Everest will actually suit him. I think having good fast horses to get cover and try and switch off and then run home will suit him. Craig Williams is going up to ride him and uh, so he's turning his back on Corvette Cup Day to ride him so that, uh, that's a pretty good endorsement. All his, all his forms at 1100, is that a worry, Dean? I think uh, no, look, I don't think it is, Duff. I think okay. ridden, because he'll be ridden off the speed and he's got to get cover... That run down the straight on Saturday, he was exposed way too early and he, he found a way to win. I think, no, the, even the win at Sale, he was really strong to the line. I don't think that'll be an issue. We've got Glenn Munsey joining us this morning as well. Glenn, what price is uh, Giga Kick, as I say, good morning to you for a Tab Everest? Yeah, morning, Dave. Morning, Ron. Morning, Dean. Morning, listeners. $26 it went up, Dave, in the the Tab Everest uh, for, and there's been $195 by $35 invested on it so far. It went up about oh, about 20 minutes ago. All right. Um, we'll endeavour to try. We might try and contact James Aaron today. Um, we've just, uh, Westy's on, on the, uh, the blower, so we'll, we might try and get James on the program a little bit later on to discuss the decision and... Uh, what do we think? Obviously, we had that news yesterday, agents about Snap Dancer. I know we're starting with Everest here and not with the weekend, but it's just relevant. Um, is there a particular horse that you're surprised hasn't been selected just yet? Anyone want to throw some names in the well, ring? Well, after Saturday, I'm very surprised, <laughs> Private Eye. Um, yeah. Joe you know. said yesterday he has had some interest. Well, the only interest he can have now is... Well, I thought it would have been James Harron. So, uh, was Private Eye sold at an English sale? Does anybody know? No, I don't think he was. Not sure. But isn't the main concern with Private Eye the wet track? He doesn't go a yard on it. Well, he's won twice on the heavy. He's won twice on the soft. Mm. He ran third in the Canterbury Stakes in a Group 1 um, in a, on a heavy track. He ran and and, and maybe the fact that he's looking for a touch longer, he, the, the, the heavy may suit him being only 1,200, and they're going to go ballistic. He said six starts at 1,200 for three wins. Mm. Should have won a Stradbroke. 
uh, should have beat Alligator Blood in the Stradbroke. He's an Epsom winner. Yeah, surely he's got third. Yeah, so yeah. surely he has the right credentials more so than a lot of horses that they're talking about. Mm. Mm. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, that win because again we're talking about it now, uh, Dean. Private eye from a uh, from a, a, a race win perspective, uh, it was outstanding to watch. Did you? Um, well, I, I know that you were uh, from the preview in the morning. You said that he was the class runner in the race, wasn't he? He was. He just had to uh, probably handle a straight and, and just get that run into the race. And the unusual thing was on Saturday that they wanted to come up the inside of the straight track. Uh, I thought by later in the day they might go towards the middle, but uh, they went to the inside and he just had to, Josh Parr just had to negotiate a pa- passage at about the 400 metre mark. Once he did, you could just tell it was all over. He was just going to monster them late and uh, he re- recorded the best figures of the day, uh, 800 all the way home. So. It was a terrific win, um, and uh, yeah, he he's obviously in really great form. Uh, as Duff said, he, he should have gone very close in the Stradbroke, and uh, his next run he, he wins straight away. So he's in good he's in good touch going into you know, if he does happen to get picked up or whatever he uh, aims at next. Mm. Duff, do you want to make any comment on Private Eye before we jump back into Sydney? Uh, no, I just think um, I've covered it. I just, yeah. his, his credentials are out there, um, but there's just not enough slots. Uh, left for him now because um, I think James Harron was his best chance and you don't know what sort of deals the owner want, owners wants. We don't know what's happening behind the scenes, you know. Yeah. Like I said, um, look, it's all about the doing the best for yourself. Who knows what sort of deal Jonathan Munns put in front of, you know, um, James Harron. Mm. He's an influential man um, who's who's a big player in the business and he has raced horses with, with James in the past. So we don't know what deal is being done. There's no rules. As they say, there's no rules. He he might have put, you know, a bit of a big kicker up front because uh, he, he's got confidence in his own horse. So we can't sit back and say they've made the wrong decision because James Harron might be the one with the money in his pocket. Mm. Let's talk about the Tab Epsom, uh, which was an absolute beauty on Saturday in Sydney. And give us a call too. We're going to open up the phone lines now. 13.53.53 is the open line number. Uh, it was a dead heat. Ellsberg and top rank here, Duff. And they went to the line. Gee, I was impressed with Ellsberg, especially that last 50. He's, he's got a lot of heart, that horse. Yeah, look, it was funny. You know, he was never heading to this race. And uh, I was walking out of the races at Rose Hill t- last week. And Gerald walked up to me and he says, um, yeah, I, might, I don't think this horse is going to run the 1800 where he wanted to go next. And, Said I might run him in the Epsom. What do you think? And and, and he and then all of a sudden he's a, you know he's a stallion who's won a Group One, and he's um, yeah maybe been a little bit. We were all on him there second up, and and he had no luck. And and um, yeah, he he come through with flying colours. I, I know you were on him the previous start too, Dean. But uh, yep. but he's um, he's bounced back pretty good there. And and top ranked, he's terrific. He's good horse, and I still think mm. he's got upside. And he. Yeah, I, I just think he floundered a, a bit the last little bit. He looked a certainty at the 100, and he just floundered or just ran out of condition, but he still obviously got the uh, the dead heat result. Because his next run's going to be the Cox Plate, is he just maybe that one run behind? Do you think he floundered, or he, did he peak on his run a little bit on Saturday? Yeah, well, that's up for interpretation. You know, that, mm. that, that's what we'll be gambling on, if you like him, going into a Cox Plate. All his form seems to be... At, his best form is at a mile. There's no doubt about it. His record says that. But um, 
he's a finicky horse who's who's so heavy and big that he I'd say he's hard to manage. Obviously, he's had issues, and uh, even Annabelle running it on the track there's making sure yeah. he pulled up pulled up there all right on Saturday. So he, he's obviously volatile, and um, but when he's right, he's a very good horse. I don't think he's ever started in a race past a mile, has he? Maybe he hasn't. Maybe he hasn't. Because I'm looking, um, you know, his, his runs at the distance before Saturday were 13 starts at the distance for six wins. He'd only had 15 starts, and two of his other runs was the Hunter and the Bill Ritchie were the 1,300 and 1,400. So mm, I'm just trying to get his form no. up here at the moment to see he actually has he started past a mile. What's that 800-metre race, boys, that they were looking at? Oh, it was one of the... Five, one of, the five diamonds. Five diamonds, five diamonds. Yes. Yeah. So is that, is that where Ellsberg... Is going next, or are they going to reassess now because of that this win? Well, um, in an I, I don't know what Gerald's thinking now, but I think when whoever got him off, off him, I think Timmy Clark might have got off him in his previous studies. Oh, might they might have been talking about the five diamonds, and he might have said, "Well, you know, I think he might struggle at eighteen hundred, but after winning an Epsom and tough, tough round week mile, who knows what they might do? He might just want it that little bit softer, like he got on Saturday as well." And good luck, to, uh, well, good, well, not good luck, but well done to the connections of Ellsberg. I know there's a lot of people up in the Hunter Valley that are involved with him, and I think you'll find uh, the uh, the guys um, up there at Newcastle where we had the the Prince of Merriweather, um, uh, where we had the big Calcutta. Uh, they're involved in the ownership, too, of Ellsberg, so well done to the team. And, in fact... I think Morris Sinclair is the uh, the premier owner of yeah. uh, his colours, uh, Ellsberg, mm-hmm. and then Australian Bloodstock got well, top ranked, yeah. and Newcastle, Newcastle got the, got the lot. Uh, the furthest he's ever contested a race top ranked is a 1,643 metre race at Haydock. What do we do with Ice Bath? Um, Duff, were you disappointed with what you saw on Saturday? Um, well, you had to be because of her profile and, and the price that she started, but uh, she might have just had an off day, and, and um, yeah, I, I think. Brad said that, James said there was just one part there that she just, the wheels were spinning, and we know she's a really good wet tracker. Uh, maybe she her best heavy form, um, real heavy form, might be at Rose Hill, but I don't know. You know, uh, you'd have to mark it disappointing considering the circumstances. All right. Uh, and, and I think we're seeing that at the moment. Horses that we've, w- w- that we've seen in the past being good wet track horses, they can get to Randwick and not get through it because the the jockeys are saying the, the track sort of it's a lot shiftier than that than what you think, especially down the side. Although James said, I think he said between the five hundred and the three hundred. I interviewed Brad yesterday at Warwick Farm, and uh, James said that was the uh, the part of the race where she didn't really pick up, and, and she had handled the wet before. Well, if you thought it was wet on Saturday, well, I know the weather bureau never gets it right, but it'll be a firm two. Uh, compared to what it'll be this Saturday, last Saturday. All right. Um, give us a call, 13.53.53. Let's go to the Metropolitan. Um, i tell you what, I'm, I'm going to have to... I've got this love-hate relationship with Realm of Flowers. Every time I have something on at big odds, I just get my heart broken. What another great run uh, by that horse up in Sydney. But no compromise. Tommy Berry gets another Group 1. Duff? Yep, he um, he was just Johnny on the spot there on Saturday. He was beautifully placed. He got more ticks than most, and he delivered. Um, he's a ripper horse. He, you know, he's no superstar, mm. and I'm not saying he's you know a Caulfield Melbourne Cup winner or anything like that. But he is um, 
he's there to pounce if conditions are to his favour. And he you know, just gets the big tick for the 2400, the wet, the draw, the map, the, the weight, everything on Saturday and everything fell into place for him. Bar one little hiccup at the top of the straight. But um, he, he's a ripper horse, deserves his um, big win there. And um, and I think he left him pretty well no excuses, although the Don V supporters may disagree when he got hampered at the top of the straight. You talk about that realm of flowers. It was nearly a, a magnificent training performance because mm. you can see she was here all along. To, to run well in this race. I don't know whether she needed to run a place in this race to qualify or anything like that, Dino. Yeah, or yeah, she... yeah. Oh, it will have got her qualifications back if she'd lost them yes. yeah, for the Melbourne Cup. So, yeah. so that was the only reason I thought she was here for the whole prep. And and if she's placed there, she may just qualify herself up. And uh, she's, a, she's the strongest stayer. And she was the first one to make a move, which she had to, because they went so steady. And... Uh, and she was as strong as anything on the line. She was terrific. She was terrific. Dino, comment on the Metrop? Yeah, well, I like the winner. And, uh, yeah, he, as uh, Duff said, he had a good run all by the little bit of uh, hustle bustle at the turn. But uh, he's he's trended like a horse that would win this race or win a, a good race for a while. And uh, he just got it right. But, uh, yeah, as you said, you, yeah, the second or third horses could have easily been the winner with the right runs. So they're... There's not a lot between these uh, stayers at the end of the day. To think his little brother was favourite for the race and um, he got pulled out. Benno, he's his half-brother, and he mm. wins it. So it's a bit of a story there. We go to uh, to you here, Munns. Uh, the Metropolitan, how did you see the race? Um, well, I saw it um, looking up from underneath the desk when uh, Tommy Berry, you could see, was going to run out of room uh, when Cariff shifted out on top of LaDon de V and Duff, and Duff and I were watching it and we said, oh, this is going to be, oh, oh, hang on, hang on. And Tommy just jagged straight back inside and never seemed to actually lose a great deal of momentum by going back inside. Mm. And I, saw, I had visions of the Newcastle Cup two years ago in my brain uh, with no compromise because he, he similar sort of path in that race there. Uh, but when he, you know, flattened out, it was just a matter of whether or not he could, you know, pick uh, LaDon de V up. But it was another one. It was sort of a head up, head down, and he just got his head down on the post. He was, he was sort of the quiet achiever in the market. Uh, no compromise. Amazing how many people actually came up with no compromise as their pick in the Metropolitan. I know Duff liked it. Dino liked it. Um, I liked it. Uh, there was a lot of people there. Uh, I did a function for the ATC on Thursday night for the Epsom and Metrop and Max Presnell and Kenny Callender were the special guests there and they said to Max, what do you like in the Metrop? He said, oh, no compromise. Thank you. Um, and it was an $11 chance on on Wednesday, um, it was still eight dollars on Friday morning, Dave. I think you'll find, or eight dollars yeah. fifty when we did uh, the punters panel, and and there on Saturday, he, he was still eight dollars on Saturday, um, Saturday morning, uh, and he ran a six dollar and a hard second favourite uh, um, behind. Well, equal, Ladon de V and Durston ran equal favourites, and it was a matter of Durston just kept getting out, um, but. You know, it, it was a, a very, very popular winner of a big race. We've got uh, another race I want to touch on here, and it's uh, the flight stakes before we jump down to Melbourne. Uh, Zoo gotcha. Uh, got the job done there. Chris Waller, J-Mac. Uh, it had been building to this, hadn't it, um, Duff? And could we say now she is the the number one seed when it comes to three-year-old fillies in the country, or at least here in New South Wales? Uh, yep, she's earned it. Um, she's earned it. There's no doubt about it. She, she's been the spruik since she. Uh, there was no fluke in the first up. When I, uh, the biggest shock in the world was first up when they put up 
40 or 50 to 1 in those pre-post markets. And uh, she's just gone from strength to strength. I think the punters felt, smelt a little bit of weakness in her on Saturday as far as getting to the mile on a wet track. There was no doubt with the wet track, but she'd just been so brilliant. I think we're, a few of us were a little worried that she might find a couple of stronger fillies, but she ended up the strongest uh, in the race, and uh, she's, a, she's a beauty, uh, all class. And, um, yeah, she, 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 um, we don't know how good she is yet because she's, uh, look, she got favours. It was, was a funny run race, um, where Timmy Clark did his thing and bounded out and you thought, oh, they're going to run along here. And then he, he bluffed them all out and slowed up and maybe made it a little bit harder for the back markers, but she's still come out way on top there and, uh, she's a ripping filly. She certainly is. Uh, what did you make of the performance watching on the television, Dino? Yeah, she's just the, the, the best uh, filly, I think, and uh, I don't think there's anything that would rival her down here. It's a shame she's not coming down, but uh, she was good. She's extreme. I think it's going really well, and I would imagine she would come down here. Mm. Uh, she's, uh, she's in good shape to come down, and I, I think uh, she's a, I think there's probably three, maybe four chances in the 1,000 guineas, and she's one of them. Mm. There's one out of that race if she does go to Melbourne, um, like a wakeful Oaks type. It's re- I know she was beaten a long way. Yes, but uh, Renaissance woman. Well, sorry to cut you off. That's funny yeah. you say that, Duff. We had that big sports breakfast lunch mm-hmm. uh, recently, uh, and we, we know that many of them. Dave, it's hard to keep track. Yeah, of them, I know. It? It's, uh, hard get, it's hard to get a start. But yeah, yeah um, well, it's impossible to get a start, Ron. <laughs> but uh, you're outside the inner sanctum. Bjorn, Bjorn Baker <laughs> uh, was interviewed. I had to interview Bjorn Baker, and we asked for a horse to follow in the spring. And uh, this is obviously this was the day that Overpass was announced, and Shades of Rose. We know what um, Arsenal has got in his stable. It's the first horse and the only horse he mentioned. He said that's his Oaks. Billy. Really? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so, um, so we'll keep an eye on her. We might get a price. Yeah. So that's good that you've um, you've highlighted her there. Um, what I'll do is I'll come to you here, Munns, just for a comment on Zoo Gotcha. And then we've got James Harron, who's going to join us on Punters Post Morning with the announcement this morning of Giga Kick. So if you gents want to ask James anything in particular, you can chime in. But just a comment on Zoo Gotcha, Munns. Yeah, first of all, Renaissance Swimmers a $21 chance in the uh, the Oaks uh, down there. Well, winners keep winning, Dave. And, and, and that's the thing. You, you, you do the form and you say, well, you know, how much more has it, it, it got left in it? Um, you know, I this may improve or what's the, the form, you know, I was looking at the form out of the golden rose rather than the form out of the tea rose there. Um, but you know, they just win and keep winning. Um, uh, she was a dramatic, dramatic drifter, uh, in the market. Um, but as I said, she's now three for three this time in. Mm-hmm. Um, James Harron, welcome to punters post morning. Thanks for chiming in this morning, mate. Oh, good morning, Jen. You've made a big announcement this morning in relation to the, uh, the tab Everest, uh, giga kick. Tell us, how you landed on on that selection? Yeah, look, it's um, Deb. We've been sort of um, looking at obviously been on the radar for the last sort of little while. He's an unbeaten gelding who obviously handles different ground conditions and seems to have quite a versatile running style. Um, and um, yeah, so look, bit of an X factor into the race with the with the lighter weight. Three year olds obviously performed very well uh, since the inception of the race. So. Um, we've been in talks with the connections, and um, yeah, we're pleased to please get it locked away. Were you in talks before Saturday, James, or since Saturday? Sorry, Ron. Were you in talks uh, with the connections before Saturday or after Saturday? 
Yeah, no, we we did. I mean, we obviously have a good relationship with with the owner Jonathan Munns and and his team around him and Rocket Douglas and and uh, so we were having chats to sort of um, you know put it on the radar. I mean, these guys take it very seriously. The you know the five dollar fifty shot for the Coolmore. Um, uh, you know, it was for them to want to bring the horse to Sydney in between was a big was a big plus. And um, so yeah, no, we just sort of talked through it and wanted wanted to see him win on Saturday. Um, he didn't win by a big margin, obviously, but he he did. He he knows how to win. The time was very good, and he only had one trial off a off a bit of a freshen up. So one would think he's got quite good improvement off that run and. You know, he's been running on nice tracks. Like, he's coming into the second up after freshen up. He should should be ready to run his best race. Uh, James, did did that... You, you mentioned the Coolmore there. Now, did you look at the Coolmore and say, well, hang on, Jackano's high up in the, the market for the Coolmore. There was talk with Best of Bordeaux. You've got Cool and Gatter. So maybe the chance for a three-year-old here. Did you did you look at the, the established sprinters in Sydney and say, well, I think we've exhausted all the potential runners from the Sydney horses. I want to look a little bit left field. And Jackano was already there. And the three-year-olds were being talked up. Yeah, Glenn, I think you make a very valid point. It's it sort of, it was a little bit exhausted. And, and um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people running away from Nature Strip and, and looking at other options, especially with sort of fillies and mares and, and maybe even, you know, stallion prospects. I mean, the beauty of this horse is he is a gelding. Um, and so, you know, you can you can be a bit braver with them. Um, the, I guess some of the options, it's, it, you sort of were going into it thinking, you know, you never can predict what's going to exactly happen in a race, but you probably couldn't get that excited. At least with this horse, he does bring a bit of X factor. He is unbeaten, which, as we all know, it's very difficult to remain unbeaten um, at the level he's been racing at. Um, I know some extremely good form experts, um, such as Dean, who's there, is, that was very impressed by the Ven 6 performance and the times he ran. So, um, yeah, look, we're we're excited. We, we're, you don't quite know what this horse is going to do on the day. Just as a as a slot manager or owner or and, and whatever, it's different for them as far as as punters. We sit back and oh, they sh- they should pick this and they should pick that. But still, you got to you got to do the best deal for yourself and your and your syndicate as well. Is that correct? Uh, exactly, Ronnie. It's um, you know it it really comes down to the the risk. Um, profile and, and how it looks um, with the Sydney Stakes. Um, some people were, were looking to that to say, well, you know, unless we get a certain deals, we're going to run in a $2 million race on the same day and and, and be very competitive. Um, so, you know, it comes down, to, comes down to each individual deal and it's got to work for the owners, it's got to work for us. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're not, we're not, you don't want to go into this trying to lose money. You want to go in trying to trying to give everyone a good a good spoil if we do really well, but also you know protecting some downside if things don't go well. Mm. well I was going to ask you to ask James. Um, you know, obviously you've made your selection, um, but is there a? I asked this with the the gents before about a horse that they're surprised hasn't been spoken about or hasn't been snapped up. Is there a horse, uh, obviously away from Giga Kick, that you're surprised is not hasn't been selected by one of your counterparts? Look, you know, I think I think Private Eyes, obviously the the next sort of one of the obvious ones. He's, you know, he's run a great race on Saturday. 
I mean, he, he's headed for the the mile race at Flemington. Um, so, you know, this is a stepping stone race for him, whatever he goes in next, the Sydney Sticks, the Everest. Mm. Obviously a group woman around a mile. They don't love him on a heavy, even though he's won on it. Um, but he's, I mean, he's probably um, to profile a horse, which can be, can be competitive in the Everest. There's a number of horses which may look like they deserve a shot, but maybe connections have decided they want to head towards Manicados or, um, or or head in a different direction. So I think he's probably the most the next most obvious. Um, obviously, Godolphin are going to pick one of theirs, and, and then unfortunately for English and the connections are snapped on, so they've got a they've got to look for a horse. Um, albeit they've usually chosen a, an English graduate, so that's going to throw a bit of a spanner in the works for them. Mm. Just changing the subject after getting home and reviewing that meeting from Saturday, I thought Mac Ten was amazing, considering it was a run-on in both two-year-old races, and he he, he overdid things and did things wrong in that race. You'd be pretty happy with him. Yeah, look, we were. I was. I, was, I sort of thought. Um, I thought he was really brave. Uh, he he he's, he's not. He doesn't get hot or sweaty or get himself too fizzed up. He's just a very forward-going type of horse. Um, and he wants to get on with it a little bit, and he sort of, he sort of did that a little bit um, through that through that race. And on a heavy, well, the jockeys thought it was worse than an Ed, what I who I spoke to. I thought he did a terrific job to hold on. And um, Tommy got off, and he said, "Look, I'm actually pretty impressed." And he, he, he again, when he actually got home that night, so and Michael just to say the same thing, you know, he's actually get him on top of the ground. We might see a, a really really big performance. So. So we were pleased. He's having a little freshen up, and then we'll, we'll bring him back and head him towards maybe Wild Millions and the Magic Millions if we can get there. Okay. All right. Beautiful, James. We appreciate your time this morning, mate. Uh, well done on your selection. We could get kick, and uh, look forward to seeing how the horse runs. Yep. Many thanks, guys. James Harron, uh, and for that news, if anyone's just joined us, Giga Kick will now line up under Harron Bloodstock and uh, the slot that they have. And James has in the Tab Everest. Um, let's talk about the Premier Stakes. Uh, Duff, what did you make of Lost and Running? Uh, Marzu, Mars Crusader, they're all headed that way. And, of course, Overpass, another Everest contender. Well, I think everyone goes home happy. Um, it was Lost and Running was... We know John doesn't like him on too heavy a track. He's got heavy track form in weaker grade, but... He gets through it. Um, he's probably better on a, on a, you know, four, a, a five, four, five, and six. Uh, but he coasted up and um, looked the looked the real deal and just blew out the last bit, which was expected. The timing looks perfect, and the setup and shape of this uh, Everest on paper looks perfect for him. Looks absolutely perfect for him. Mm. Mizzou is a typical. Um, Snowden timing about him third up, he's done nothing wrong and if he gets another wet track he's right there Mars Crusader, I'm all over um, if, he, if we get a dry track I think double figure odds is ridiculous he's going to be airborne on the day, I know you're betting against Patton as far as his racing style but surely he gets more of a, a dig in the ribs if he draws a barrier in the Everest he's a, he's a real winning chance this horse um, look, what do you want to say? Apache Chase was honest. Kamantari uh, was good, but he wants a heavy track. And uh, Overpass gets a pass mark. And well, everyone, you know, brutality was massive late. What about your assessment, uh, Dino? Would you be happy with any of these runners heading towards the big grand final? 
Oh, I think they've, uh, yeah, they had a beautiful lead-in run on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, it's just now the matter of them having to beat uh, Nature Strip, but uh, they've had the good, perfect uh, grounding run. It was just a good building speed and... Uh, uh, lost and running, I just think his appearance, he just looks like he's going to just tri- strip down and be spot on on the day, as uh, Duff said, and with Marzu and Mars Crusader, yeah, he's, if he gets conditions right, and obviously he got very close last year, uh, he can run well, but he does have to have conditions absolutely spot on. Let's go to the uh, the Tab Turnbull stakes here, Dino. Uh, Smoke and Romans, Ethan Brown, another group one uh, for the Mar Eustace stable. Big odds, this horse, and um, onwards and upwards for the rest of the campaign. Gee, Maximel, uh, they're right at the O'Shea stable, aren't they? Get him on a dry deck, and um, he's right up there with the best we've got in the country, isn't he? He ran very well uh, in a race that um, it was... I think it uh, created more questions than answers, to be honest, because they went so slowly here, uh, and first five in running, virtually first five home. Uh, Smoke and Romans was in a beautiful spot, uh, beautifully rated. But the, you know, these middle distance sustained horses shouldn't be running home in you know, the top 10 late sectionals of the day when there's been quite a few sprint races. They were they just dashed home the last 400 metres in essence. Uh, and Smoke and Romans in the right spot. Maximal ran well. Young Verda's ticking over well. He was back closer to the inside. Knight's order was the one that led them and led them at a pretty easy speed and, and was given his chance to run well. And Gold Trip was three wide. Did he pay a penalty for being out there? It's his ungainly going sort of horse and um, still only got the one win on the board. But, uh, you know, like Luncey's was home the third best last 200 of the meeting. Um, inspirational Girl had no room, hit the line well. Dewis, when I was watching the race, I thought, oh, geez, she's landed close. But she's probably never gone so slow in her life, the first 1,200, so... She was in the right spot, I think, uh, by Josh Parr. And, yeah, I just think she just needs that continuity, Duff, after the few setbacks. I think if she runs two weeks into the Corfield Cup, maybe the Melbourne Cup will be the day that she'll be absolutely their best. I think you've hit the nail on the head. It was a very misleading race and a, and a real head-scratcher. I think the the finishing last 600 of the field is 33.52. That explains the yeah. race in itself. Uh, so I'll leave that one for... It's just a total forgive race uh, for horses. Some horses can't handle that. Well, these stayers can't handle that that sprint home like that. They, you know, they, they've come home quicker than the twelve hundred metre straight yes. races. You know, it's just mm. it tells you everything. That's yeah. It's not their it's not their four day. Uh, Profondo still. I would have thought he that would have suited him to mm. to kick on and run some sort of race. I think he's battling a bit. All right, we're going to take a break here. 9.38 on Sky Sports Radio. Give us a call, 13.50.353, if you want to get involved with the show. When we return, we're going to uh, keep touching on uh, Melbourne because I want to ask uh, Dino, there's a couple of texts here about Luna Flair heading towards a Melbourne Cup. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. You most certainly are. Give us a call, 13.50.353. Punter's Postmortem this morning at... Ron Doversy, Dean Lester and Glenn Mundy, a special edition on this Tuesday. Yes, yesterday, of course, was the public holiday. Let's just talk about Luna Flair before we get to our first caller, Robbo. Um, and it is about the, the same race. And In fact, in fact, we'll go to Robbo first because I just realised he wants to talk about Francesco uh, Guardi, which uh, Craig Newitt uh, was riding there on the weekend. Robbo, uh, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, boys. Uh, hope you had a good weekend. 
What's uh, um, what's what about this horse, mate? And in, in the sixth well, event, if you watch the race, and Matt Hill missed it because he was at that point going through from the front runner. It was running uh, just beyond midfield and nearly fell. It went right down on its back haunches and um, front, and then it picked itself up and at um, finished second. It rebalanced at the top of the straight and charged home. Now, normally horses that do that, that nearly fall, sort of pull up into a canter and just, you know, maze it to the line. But this thing just charged. So I just like to know what Dean's thoughts on that. Dino? Well, it was an extraordinary run. Uh, I, I don't know what to make of it, but uh, yeah, you're right. He, I mean, he went as close to falling as uh, you'll ever see one. He just didn't put his landing gear down at one stage, and uh, he, he looked... Uh, in real trouble. Um, amazing last 200 metres. He went from the 50, 51st best last 200 of the meeting to the 4th best last... Uh, sorry, 51st best last 400 to the 4th best last 200. So he absolutely flew that last little bit. Um, he's not obviously in the cup uh, or anything, but uh, I don't know if, if he's even keeping going this preparation, but it was, it was an incredible run and... Uh, yeah, obviously wasn't that expected. He was a seventeen dollar chance, but he should have, you would think, should have won and, and won well. Yeah, I just wondered because I, I jumped on to you know. I, first thing I did was go straight to the Melbourne Cup and uh, futures, and uh, couldn't see it was there. Do you think they would pay a late entry fee? There's no late entry fee for the Melbourne Cup, so. Oh, okay. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Watch, okay, thanks, boys. Watch this space. He might pop up somewhere. Maybe um, and elsewhere for another well, cup. Well, I'd or... read he might be going to the paddock, but okay. he, it could be hard to imagine off that run that uh, he needs the paddock. But uh, yeah, Chris, Chris knows best. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one for, yeah, because he. I don't think he's another one. I don't think he even raced past two thousand metres. No, he no, he had a twenty four hundred run at Ascot. Surefire yeah. beat him in a race at Ascot. Surefire okay. beat him. Yeah, but not here. He started hundred to one, but he's yeah. never been anywhere near that trip in Australia, uh, and he jumped sort of. 2,000 to 2,500 there on on Saturday. He's by Frankel. Frankel had two runners in the 2,400 race at Bow Desert yesterday. <laughs> so, um, you know, he's, he's, he's progeny are getting out over a bit of ground. Hello, Jadmont. Look, it's another race I'm finding it impossible to lead. The, the breed is two lengths covering, you know, 10 of the 11 across the line. You know, oh, and it was the same, Duff. They, they yeah. canted in that race. So, uh, you know, it was... Um, it, you know, they were about three and a half lengths below standard the first mile and then didn't really quicken up and then they've dashed home. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't much of a test. Uh, the winner, she was beautifully placed on Saturday, Luna Flair. That was always going to be her chance. And uh, she was already in the cup probably. Uh, she was number 21, but she's now number one. So she's in the field. Uh, interpretation. Uh, I heard Kieran Maher interviewed yesterday and he's spot on. This horse has got to be ridden really like a European state. Get rolling, get going. And as soon as he took the sit and was dictated to, it was totally against him. And uh, I hope they, I think he's going to the Geelong Cup. I hope he gets out, gets rolling and shows what he can do. Because if he, if he does, on what he did in Europe, he'd uh, blow a field away here. Okay. All right. There's one interpretation. Um We'll get to Chris, who's on the line. G'day, Chris. G'day, guys. Um, Dino, the Caulfield Cup, I spoke to a few, a few years ago about what sort of race it's becoming. I look at it this year. I, I don't know about you guys, but can you really charge into the uh, 7 to 2 or $4.50 smoke and Roman? 
based on the way the Turnbull was running the weekend. And I can't work out the Caulfield Cup anymore. What sort of quality of field is this, dude, for the Caulfield Cup? Uh, I agree. It's uh, it's poor um, by standards of, of years gone by. Uh, but and Smoke and Romans has definitely improved. But it's uh, it's uh, it's hard to get your head around that he's uh, as short a price favourite as he is, and he deserves to be by winning the Turnbull and dropping four kilos. That's the the right formula to do it. It's just not usually a horse that we've seen you know, in previous winters get beaten in benchmark races, but over the last 12 months has just really developed uh, as a middle distance horse. So, um, yeah, I struggle to get my head around that. But uh, and, and this year's race is going to be way down on previous years. Yeah. Beautiful, Chris. Thanks very much for your call. Appreciate it, mate. Um, now, we spoke about Giga Kick. We spoke with James Harron before. Just a couple of texts here about uh, Bordes Notches. Uh, this is a really nice horse for Matt Smith. He's going to have a lot of fun with this colt, isn't he, Dino? Oh, no doubt. Um, you know, he, uh, he obviously won the uh, Poseidon on protest, but uh, Saturday he was picking up and really hitting the line in that race behind Giga Kick. They were a little bit uh, good for Cannonball, who ran very well and is improving this preparation. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a great chance in a race like the Coolmore one. So he's you know, had those two straight track runs, so he's got experience and... Uh, He's strong at the end of his races, and that I think that takes you a long way in a race like the Coolmore. I found it interesting on Saturday. Look, he's one of the most aggressive riders in town, Craig Newell. He didn't hit him once. Maybe, I don't know if that's through instructions or or what, but he, he, he didn't persuade him once with the whip that I could see. Yeah, he just sort of seemed to lay down his neck and uh, and really drive him. But, uh, yeah, it was, it, it was certainly noticeable. Uh, as you said, just Craig is one of our more vigorous riders. Fantastic. Uh, just another text here on the text line while we're on it. Visionari. Uh, what did you make of, of that run uh, in the Paris Lane? Um, considering they, what, 33-64 they ran home that last 600, Dino. Yeah, and, and the pressure had actually gone on before then. And Nick Price came out in the press the morning of the race and said, look, he's a little bit underdone, this horse. He'll improve off the run. And it didn't sort of look like it visually, but they just kept ramping up the speed. So with 200 to go, he was pretty much out of tickets but he found a way to win in saying that character should have won uh character probably should have won easily uh he uh he had uh no room when he needed it and and hit the line um you know, pretty much under a hold so uh i don't know i think Visionari's is going to the crystal mile now on cox plate day uh and he'll be fitter for that run and a little bit of jar just that little bit of jar out of the track at the valley probably will suit him a little bit better Amazing transformation for the horse we saw up here. Visionari. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't finished further back than second since he's been with Mick Price. So, mm. yeah. Let's come back to Sydney now. Uh, Duff, the Hill Stakes. Uh, there's a text on the text line. Can you ask Duff about Montefilia? Um, have played her in a Melbourne Cup. Um, should I be concerned, or was that just part of the? The David Payne magic, just to, you know, obviously, you know, she was very short and we were expecting her as putters to go well, but I did hear David say he wasn't concerned and onwards, upwards to the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, maybe it is uh, just eyes on the prize, but uh, just, uh, the way she coasted up to them on the point mm. of the turn there, I would have thought even if you aren't fit, you're going to, you know, run, win this race or if not, go close. But um, I was, look, 
I was disappointed with her. I, I, I'm not going to sack her off. You couldn't sack her off it. She's too good a mare, but and she's too early in a preparation. But I must say, um, she you could only she got the perfect ride. Um, no excuse and and disappointing. Yeah, he he blamed the track more than anything else. Jason Collett. He said he he didn't think she was overly comfortable in the ground. Albeit once again, she she'd won on a heavy nine at Rose Hill mm. uh, and. Uh, she's won a couple of heavy nines at Rose Hill, actually. Uh, but he, he didn't think she got through the ground that well Saturday. OK, time will tell. All right. Uh, and what do we do with the winner? Obviously, well, we know he's he's smart and he you'd love to have a stable full of him. Oh, look, he had the best setup. It's as simple as that. He he um, he had the two Group 1 lead-ins. Uh, he was a fit horse, third up, great wet tracker. And the punters got it right because he was the. I would suggest he was the best back runner in that race. Looking at the fluctuations. Mm-hmm. Um, while we, uh, well, before we get the horses to follow, uh, let's talk about. We, you touched on Mac Ten uh, with James Harron before Duff, but to Empire of Japan, uh, very impressive for J Mac and the Snowden team. Well, visually, the two winners were outstanding. You don't see them do that. Um, they, you know, both come from near last and just round them up and win with ease. So uh, I, I think we're going to learn more about the form when they run next. But to the eye, they were both <laughs> superb. Who was, was the filly more impressive considering she weaved her way through the field? I, don't, I can't say that. There was only a tenth, tenth of a second between both times. But, um, well, she, she looked brutal, uh, you know, the, the last bit, I must say. Um, Platinum Jubilee, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, we're we're working with a very heavy track early in the day, first time out two year olds. Uh, yeah, I, I I think it's too early to get too excited because they both come from back in the field. And that may have been an advantage um, early on in the day. So, I want to be personally maybe ticking off a few that survived the on speed where the others were dropping off. And that's that means you know your Mac tens and your and your perfect proposals. Um, yeah. I want to give another chance to. Yeah, the first time in forty years, uh, the Breeders' Plate never broke a minute, apart from the time it was an eleven hundred metre race at Rose Hill, and the first time in forty five years the Jim Crack hadn't broken a minute. Well, that speaks for itself, doesn't it? So mm. uh, don't get too excited yet. If they can back it up and do it again on a better track, then you know you, you're working with top class two year old form. All right, uh, we'll take another break. It is 9.51 when we return. In fact, actually, before we get a break, because it's just a text that's come here uh, about the Godolphin winner in the Maribyrnong trial stakes. So, Dino, before we head to a break, your comment there on the two-year-old race in Melbourne? Uh, yeah, well, he found the rail. They went very steady early, and I thought, looking at his uh, trial in Sydney, he just looked like a horse that needed to learn a lot, but he'd obviously learnt very quickly. He found the rail, found the front. Uh, they went to gentle speed. I was surprised that the uh, uh, Waterhouse Bot Horse handed up earlier, Didi, but uh, then she looked probably like she was going to challenge a win at the 200. But uh, he found a fair bit, Zolfika, and uh, did a good job to beat a Didi. Charmstone's a beautiful filly. Uh, they paid massive money for, I think, $1.5 million, and the way she sort of chopped and changed legs late in the race might be uh, shins or an out to the paddock for her, but she's quite a nice filly. But no, he, he did a good job. To win and made big improvement off his trials. Couldn't have backed him with stolen money oh. from from his whole uh, Sydney trial. No. Uh, although that winner of that heat could be the horse Don Corleone. Yes. Oh, I, I think 
I think he is, but just watching uh, watching that Zolfika, his legs were going everywhere. Yeah, couldn't yeah, have backed him. <clears throat> yeah. All right, we'll take a break. 9.53, Sky Sports Radio. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. Yes, you are. It is 9.54. Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey are your panel today. There are lots of text messages coming through at the moment. I'll try and endeavour to get to uh, to all of them. Uh, one here for you, Duff, and it's on Remark in the last. And uh, just saying, um, can we get to Duff's thoughts on Remark? I thought it was a great winner of the last. It's amazing the ultimate gear change works. Yep. Uh, the ultimate gear change, although they say he had a wind operation as well. Yep. Uh, so, well, they shouldn't have girled this horse. He could have been a great stallion. Morning, <laughs> <laughs> morning, Arrowfield. Uh, <laughs> no, he was, I think we all treated, we were treating him as a scratching all week, thinking, oh, he won't run him in the wet, he won't run him in the wet, he won't run him in the wet. Uh, but he's a different horse. Um, yeah. Just a little aggressive. Um, he's just going to just come back in length to, to, to hit the big time. Uh, but he's hard to knock. His two wins have been very, very good, and he went to the, you know, a pretty strong benchmark ninety four there on Saturday and um, dominated again. So he, he's um, yeah, they're back in business. He, it's taken a while um, for, for some that may have backed him in the slipper early on uh, <laughs> as a two year old. Uh, so you know he's back and he's, he did a really good job. All right, uh, and uh, just another a comment on the second horse there too, Bacchanalia. Your thoughts there? Yeah, uh, over-raced a little as well, but had his chance and uh, wasn't in the winner's league. He, he was the one that had the favours. He, he had the 1,200, he had the wet, um, he had the set-up, and he just got beaten by a much better horse. They went very slow in that race, didn't they? And just a real yeah. dash home. So if you over-raced, if they get into more genuine speed, I think they'll appreciate it. Dino, Duff. Yeah, look, there's some nice runs behind. You could go down the page. Yeah. This horse is running on. There's lots of excuses for him. And, mm. and I, I can understand if you want to mark three or four or five of them as, as horses to follow. Yeah. Now, there's a text here, Dino. Uh, hey, uh, hey, Dean, uh, our lickety, or she's uh, lickety split. She's lickety split. Uh, the Kiwi filly, is this your oak seed? Um, what did you make of the Edward Manifold? The Edward Manifold was running very fast speed uh, and... She had the blinkers on and she raced pretty well, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think uh, I think there'll be a different group of fillies uh, come Oaks time. She's going well and she'll run well in the thousand guineas, and then they progress on. But uh, no, I think uh, I think the Oaks picture. I think there'll be a, a different group somehow. I think uh, uh, she's probably a little bit too well found in Oaks betting. Uh, she's lickety split. Okay, all right. Uh, and another text here. We'll go race down here. The Kingston Stakes. Uh, Argentia, what did you make there of that performance? Terrific. Yeah. Uh, she'd, been, she'd been going poorly at the trials, but Sam Friedman on Melbourne Radio Saturday morning said, look, between her last trial and uh, the race on Saturday, she was she jumped out of the ground, her coat had turned, she was absolutely blooming, ready to go, and he was spot on. Uh, she didn't go anywhere like... She, they'd even pulled the blinkers out in the trials to try and motivate her, and she hadn't gone, but... Saturday, she just travelled behind the speed. If, if anything, she over-travelled. Uh, Exolita had a beautiful run and had that one run under her belt, and I think it told the tale. Argentia ran really well, but, uh, yeah, I think she's going well. Probably she'll be aiming up at the Empire Rose, and she's in good form. You nailed that one. You said that was your best roughie of the day, Excelsior. Excelita, I should say. Excelita, yeah, she was just going to get that run. Duff. Uh, she only had to 
begin cleanly, and she did. And the favourite there, Pride of Jenny, who is a leader, missed the start, which uh, certainly uh, helped the cause. All right, Jens, let's get some horses to follow. Duff, what are we following from Saturday's meeting? Well, I reckon the best hit and run all day was Paternal. I, I know he was beaten out of sight first up, and he was well beaten there as a 30-to-1 chance on Saturday. But the way that race was run and the way he just surged through the line, I think he's back, and Chris can place him to win a few races um, He's back in, in on track paternal, so look out for him. I, I think Mars Crusader's still way over the odds in the Tab Everest. And my, I found one in Melbourne, would you believe? I just watching the races the other day. I think it was Cranbourne. It might have been last Wednesday or Thursday. A philical climbing star. Um, to the eye, I just love that win. She just savaged the line. She looks a smart filly. I, I haven't analysed any times or anything, but geez, sometimes you've got to trust your eye and I just love what I saw there. Tino, do you want to make a comment on that particular horse and then also give your horses to follow? Yeah, third best last 200 of the meeting and uh, just uh, she trolled like a horse that would go to the races and win $600,000 yearling by Zoo Star and uh, uh, she's um, in the Qatar bloodstock colours. She's got a very bright future and yeah, Philip Stokes wasn't hiding the fact that he's going to she probably you know, ran out of time to aim up high in the spring, but you know, still a stakes win for her somewhere around uh, through spring, and she'll yeah, she's a good filly. All right, um, and uh, Muns, your horses to follow. Yeah, well, the boys must have been reading my mind about the last race there. Um, well, she's one of ours, boys. Uh, Cliff's art uh, mm. in the last race there. She she needs to get back on top of the ground, though, which I don't know when that's going to happen. Uh, but she she went just as good first up on Saturday in a 1,200 as what she went first up last time in in a 1,400. And she managed to win a 1,600 at a fourth run back. I thought Steely was very good as well in the last race there, both unsuited, resuming at 1,200 metres. And a horse on his way to the big dance. I, I think he's going exceptionally at the moment. And that's Casino Kid. Um, out of that hosier race, it was an absolute walking race. Mm. That race there, and he and he drops the bit usually at about the six hundred uh, casino kid when they they start to ramp up um, the pace of the race, and uh, he battled on very very well in that race there. He's right on track for the big dance, and he's still a fifteen dollar chance in the big dance. Yeah, he certainly that, that was a walking race. Mm. Uh, looking ahead, uh, what have we got in Sydney Town? We've got the Silver Eagle, million dollars up for grabs uh, there on Saturday. We've got the Gloaming in Sydney, the Tap Craig, that new race as well. Uh, we've got the Roman Consul, uh, the Nivison, the Angst, uh, and in Melbourne, uh, all eyes on Caulfield, where we've got obviously the Caulfield Guineas. We've got the uh, Scalacci, which will be a great race, the Weekend Hustler, and, of course, the Turak. And um, very interesting to see how the Turak... This um, this horse of Moody's will go very close, and it won't at um, Dino. And then it'll be interesting to see if they go uh, Cox Plate or, or Golden Eagle. Yeah, that's right, Dave. I wish I win. And, of course, the might and power is the, uh, at the weight for age. The old Caulfield yeah. Stakes uh, is going to be uh, a great clash of the horses that run in the Underwood and, uh, and add Animo to the mix. So that's a, a really good clash. And the Guineas field is out. The draw's about an hour away, but there's 16 and... Uh, Two emergencies uh, for the Guineas. Okay, well, yeah, we've just had Joyful Fortune and Shades of Rose trialling at Rose Hill. 
How did they trial Munns? Uh, well, they've, they've run first and third, I think, in that trial there. I've just got to go back uh, to have a look. While, while you're doing that... Uh, yeah, they ran first and third. They've run 53.93 for the 900. So while you're doing that, the Caulfield Guineas, uh, we've got Tijuana, Berkeley Square, Golden Mile, James McDonald. We won't see James McDonald in Sydney on Saturday. Take no punters. He will be in Melbourne. He rides Golden Mile in the Caulfield Guineas. Milane, Bankmore, Fujita Sam, Meridus, uh, what have we got? Uh, Osipenko is in there as well. Tim Clark down to ride Osipenko. Uh, any other Sydney siders uh, there? So the field's out, is it? The field's out, no field's barriers, out. No yes. No barriers, the barriers <clears> been there <throat> And from a Sydney perspective, uh, yeah, we, we won't see J-Mac in Sydney. Well, he'll be riding Animo in the Mike Yeah, won't he? Exactly. Jimmy Clark will be riding Alligator Blood in the Alligator Blood Power. Exactly. So, um, and... So did, Zoo, did Zoo's Tiger accept for Caulfield? Or... No. Okay, so he runs in that, in that the... race in Sydney. Looks yep. perfectly placed there. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. And, and you said an hour away from that draw, Dino? I think so. I think it's about 11 o'clock, the draw, yeah. Okay. We'll keep an eye on that, and we might bring it up to date if there's a new market. That's uh, that's out with uh, with Tab. All right, thank and you. We for... get to see Dave hopefully sharp and smart for Rogie. Uh, this is the New Zealand uh, three-year-old that we saw in Brisbane over the winter. Uh, he's the uh, the early favourite for the gloaming on Saturday. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see uh, if he uh, if Rogie brings him to Sydney Town. All right, fantastic. Thank you very much, gentlemen. How, thanks for chiming in on this uh, Tuesday. In, uh, enjoy your week ahead. Uh, looking forward to getting back out to Ramwick on Saturday, and uh, and have a good one. See you guys. I don't. Thanks, Ted.